Welcome back to the Rhino Show. I'm your host, Austin. And as always, I'm joined by Danny. Going on. And uh, today we're here with Evan and Kayla. They're uh, presidents at Oklahoma University and uh, some school in that crappy state of Michigan. So you guys can introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Kayla Savage. I am the chapter president at the University of Oklahoma. Hi, I'm Evan Reister. I'm the chapter president at Northwest Michigan College and will be moving into leadership at Northern Michigan College in the fall with Turning Point USA. All right. So basically what we're starting here with this, this is our first episode, is we're trying to bring more of um, Turning Point leaders and field reps and everybody together to get on the podcast, to get more uh, you, more voices, you know, that are our age exposed and we need more people actually out there talking and you know i was we were all at sas and i heard this old man who was on my flight and boy can i not stand this guy okay it's asa asa hutchinson i can't stand this guy he made me want to do this and to start bringing youth onto the podcast because this guy he looks like joe biden's twin he doesn't know what he's doing he was sleeping on the plane the whole time he got up he didn't look like you know where he was at it was embarrassing so I think I want to start out by saying, Danny, we're going to go around the table here. Let's discuss our favorite speakers and moments from SAS. Danny, you can go ahead first. Well, it has to be, has to be Trump just because he's funny. He puts on a show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it has to be Trump. Um, and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, though, was pretty good, brought some good energy. Um a lot better than DeSantis, who decided not to even show up. So, yeah, I feel like those two are probably the best. Gotcha. And uh, Kayla, what about you? So I'm going to do my top three. So obviously my first one is going to be President Trump. I mean, he never disappoints. That was my fifth time seeing him speak in person, and it never gets old. I've talked to several people that have said, um, oh, like I, there were some kids that actually like got up and left. And um, I was like, why are you guys leaving? And they're like, oh, we already heard him. And I was just like, I mean, I never get tired of him. So, like, he, obviously, he's my number one. Number two, Tucker. I I love hearing that man laugh in person. Like, that's the most, like, genuine laugh. And it's just, I mean, he makes everyone laugh whenever um, he laughs. And my third one is Vivek. Obviously, I'm, I don't know if I can publicly come out and say this, but, I mean, I'm going to anyways. I'm very vocal about it. I'm not going to vote for him for um the primary obviously i'm gonna vote for donald trump but i don't know he just like he carried himself very well whenever he was talking at sas um really says a lot because i mean he wasn't getting booed by people that i could hear um but yeah he carried himself very well and he is he would be my third pick for sure gotcha and eric how about yourself eric seven um, <laughs> it's all seven. good yeah but um, I read the wrong thing. My I I thought we, it, it was an interesting speaker lineup for sure. Um, I would agree with with um, I thought Tucker Carlson had a very interesting speech. It was kind of a different personality than what we've kind of grown up watching him on Fox over the past years. It seemed more genuine, less restrained. Um, you could definitely tell that um, he was being held back while he was at the network, at least in my opinion. Um, and just hearing him talk without you know that kind of um. 
not so visible filter that you could kind of always tell was there, but it was removed during his speech. It was kind of refreshing and, um, you know, to hear his opinion on a lot of things because he's kind of like this independent um, journalist in a sense right now. He's not super tied to um, one association or another. Um, I thought it gave some good insight on where he thought things were at and different points of his speech about um, recent uh, Iowa primary um, interviews he conducted the day before were um, both funny and um, I think shed decent light onto where the GOP primary stands for the presidential election. I thought Vivek Ramaswamy's speech was also really interesting because I saw a different kind of energy out of him than when we first saw him launch his campaign. I'd almost call it 180 because when I first um, listened to him at CPAC back in March, there wasn't a whole lot of energy to him. It was kind of the same talking points we've been hearing, just a different face. Um, his speech at um, you know at our convention that we were just at for Turning Point, it was more energetic, seemed more genuine. Um, the audience seemed to really enjoy it, so I wouldn't completely discredit him. And we can also look at his recent fundraising. He's outperforming a lot of the other candidates in the primary, so it's all pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you guys said, Vivek is running pretty smart campaign. I don't remember who it was, but they said, yeah, he's running the campaign that DeSantis should be running, which I would agree with. Um, he's just doing everything the smart way. He's not attacking Trump. He's trying to, you know, get some... Get respect from his followers because he knows he's going to need those if he ever wants to hold the office. You can't disrespect him and expect to win anything. So I think what he's doing is smart. Obviously, that was my first Trump speech. So highlight of the night, highlight of the whole weekend, highlight of the year for me, seeing Trump speak in person, you know, the GOAT. So that was great. Um, but other than that, I have to compare the presidential candidates and, like, these absolute losers. Like, you know what? We're going to leave DeSantis alone. We, we bash him enough on this show. <laughs> Christy, he, he must okay. have been getting like a 12 pack of donuts. He, Baker's dozen. I don't know where he was at. He couldn't make it to Florida. Such no, it story. was it was National Donut Day, actually, though, on Saturday. So <laughs> like 86 cents a dozen at Krispy Kreme or something I saw on Twitter. So that's he was probably there. How <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's great. Um, the other candidates are like, first of all, the crowd that they had for Perry Johnson, like, absolutely still have no idea why this guy is even there but i give him credit for being there because some people didn't show up in their own state you know but um yeah so credit for him for being there and actually having like 10 people running around the entire day just trying to get people to donate and then there is um what was that other guy's name ryan like binkley or something absolute nobody mm -hmm. again um i gave him a pity dollar so this is what they did they're like you know you want to donate for our campaign i was like no i don't they're like are you a trump supporter i'm like yeah 100 percent you're not changing mine. And then they tried to give me a little speech. I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to work, lady. Like, I'm sorry, but it's not. And then she was like, well, Trump didn't debate. He did. I was like, well, when you're up 50, up 50 points on your candidate, there's no need to debate. And she was like, well, does the debate hurt? I was like, no. You know what? Here's your pity dollar. They gave me a hat, and that hat went straight in the trash because nobody's wearing a Binkley 2024 hat. So I gave him a pity dollar. So their candidate would just walk away. And that's the state of the Republicans right now. There's one front runner, one no-show governor, and a third candidate's polling about 10%. So that's my opinion on it. What do you guys think? Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts on Perry Johnson? I know he's from Michigan. So I actually have some um, recent history with the, uh, with the Johnson campaign. Um, 
I went to CPAC with Johnson. It was a similar situation to what it sounded like he had some of his interns or staffers doing here at um, the Turning Point SAS event. So back in March, um, Perry Johnson sponsored about 75 young Republicans to go to CPAC and help basically um, raise awareness for his campaign and his new book he launched, which is called Two Cents to Save America. Um, Perry Johnson, a uh, little history on him because he is uh, a Michigan candidate. He ran for governor of Michigan in the last election, and he didn't get his signatures verified, so he didn't even make it into the Michigan primary election for governor, and then decided to run for president of the United States. Um, so it's a pretty interesting campaign. Um, I know a couple of the people on it, and they're no longer super active with it. Um, I ran into a couple of them at the event none of which were manning their booth that they had in the convention center. Nobody was at the booth anytime I walked by it. Um, currently, he's running some serious promotional ads across different social media in order to um, hit that 40,000 um, donor thrash mark so that he can uh, be on the debate stage. But outside of that, um, like you said, he's kind of a nobody. Um, he wasn't successful in Michigan to even make it through the primary of a uh, of a governor's race so i don't really know um what the idea is with running for president if you can't make it through a michigan primary that's crazy um the the two cents to save america i can't help but think of like bernie sanders like the two percent of the two percent it just sounds like another crazy you know far out there person that thinks he's going to save the country with this two cents plan it's just it's always something and He's not getting yeah, away with this. He needs to rethink. I actually had to fly out before his speech at um, SAS on Sunday. How was it? I mean, like, what did he cover? It, it was really boring. Like, literally just talked about his personal life, uh, uh, his two cents thing. And then I really kind of just went on my phone and zoned out because, I mean, I, he's so boring. Actually, I think I, I got. I... Go, ahead. Go ahead. I actually think I got up and left and then came back yeah i absolutely don't remember anything that he was saying yeah he pulled <laughs> second place in the straw poll and i think it was just because people were making like jokes and they were purposely just putting him uh just as a joke so yeah somehow he beat out desantis and vivek oh wow that's evan that's funny that's funny you say that about CPAC because I was at CPAC in March. That's that's funny, but um, I was actually walking around like all of like the media booths, like outside like the main like area that we all could like go in and watch people speak, and like I I passed by his booth too. There's no one there. Like there's it was just like not alive. And then I actually was wa I was walking back into the general session room. Two people from his campaign stopped me. And, they're, and, they're, and they go, hey, do you have some time to talk about Perry Johnson? And I was like, I mean, I have nothing else better to do right now. What's up? And they were like, okay, well, we they hand me this iPad. They shoved this iPad in my face. And I was like, okay. And so they wanted me to watch his campaign video. And I was like, okay. It was like probably like not even like 30 seconds. I was just watching. He's talking about his two cents or whatever. And then they at the end of the video, they had this little short survey. And they made me take like these, this five-question thing. And like, okay, what do you think about that? And I was like. I mean, you want my honest opinion? And they're like, well, obviously, I was like, he's not going to win. <laughs> and they were, and they just had this shocked look on their face. And I was like, I mean, 
his main thing is two cents to save America. But yet you have Donald Trump over here who's saying um, promises made, promises kept. And he's I mean, he's going to win for a third time. And yes, I know I said third time. So. That's facts. All right. Before we move on, though, because I'll say anything, I don't really care. Um, we need to talk about the amount of people on the spectrum at this conference. Holy. Yes. I, yes. Please. We, were, we yes. were running into some. We were running into some cast yes. of characters at this conference. <laughs> conservatives have an issue among young vote or among young conservatives, which may may be a problem for the future. There are a lot of conservatives. You know who you are out there that are like past the spectrum, just like real odd, very socially awkward. Um, that's an issue right now. We got, oh, yeah, that chick constantly, uh, yeah, you guys know what it was. Uh, so many others. I just want your thoughts on it. Uh, what's with, uh, all these, uh, on the spectrum people, uh, being tied to conservatism and being leaders at colleges? Evan, you can go first. I mean, it's definitely it was definitely interesting to see, um, especially because, like you said, it, the you know the first two days of the event that we were all there for was the leadership summit. Um, a couple of characteristics uh, noticed of some of the members were a little peculiar. I won't I won't lie. Um, some that might make it difficult to lead in some senses. Um, I would assume it probably stems from smaller colleges, which in that case, you know. I, I respect anybody who wants to step up to the plate and, you know, take take the torch and, you know, run with conservative values and try to establish that at their school. Um, I give them kudos for that. And I can't really, you know, shoot them down for that. And um, but yeah, I wasn't shooting them down. I'm yeah, just no. stating the obvious. There <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, it, was, for sure. it was just an observation I made that there were some interesting characters that, that were yeah, there. And like when, you know, you know, talking, you know, going going into the future, I think it's something to be noted. And um, as far as the qualities we want to see in leaders and the capabilities we want to see, um, it could, um, you know, have some repercussions there that might not be overly positive. Yeah, I'll go along with with what Evan said. I mean, it's a good it's a good networking opportunity, but you can definitely like it's. I mean you would really have to be like mentally retarded to not like <laughs> like know that there are kids there like yeah we're all there for the same purpose we're all there for the same reason but like at the same time like there are so many kids there that are just like they're not they're not socially like like they're I, they're not socially there like yeah like there's a there's a bunch of kids there like 600 kids there for a chapter leadership summit like that that's that's crazy i mean there were more high school kids than college kids there which i mean that that speaks volume for itself i think it's i think it's really um i think it's cool that there were a lot of high school kids there but like at the same time it really shows that the college kids need to step it up because i mean we have i mean i think someone told me that the youngest age that was there was i think a 12 year old a, there yeah there was a 12 year old there so a 12 year old is at a chapter leadership summit with like like the ratio would be like there are more college kids than like i don't know like i guess i guess it just like puts like not not weight on my shoulders but it just gives me like a bigger perspective that i need to be um a better influence especially to the high school kids like i'm i'm from oklahoma so there was like 
me then there was like five or six other kids there but I was like me and like two other people were like the only kids from college and so I don't know I just think that a lot of college kids need to step it up like yeah you could be from what school what little school do I want to pick on you could be from San Angelo, Texas at San Angelo University. That's D2 school, not not a big name school unless you're from Texas. Or you could be from University of Oklahoma. Like everyone needs to like step up their game when it comes to um, being a voice for the conservative movement. But that would be my take on that. Austin, I want you to clip that. She said the word retard. Cancel her. Get her. <laughs> um, the word retard is allowed on this show, um, just so you know. <laughs> There were a lot of them down there, and I'm personally glad whoa, I don't whoa. go to college. So we're just going to put <laughs> that out there now. I, I didn't say that. He people. said that. I no, no, no. I said on the spectrum. I You're the that. one who said that. I, I did say Let that. Let the record show that I did not say That's that. That's not even close to the worst thing I've said on this show. So go ahead and clip that. Um, but, yeah, so you might be laughing at me now because we know – Everyone watching, there may have been some technical difficulties. I'm working on the fly here. I may have called this man the wrong name. Okay, things happen. The notes are all over the place. It's a work in progress, so I might not be much better than those retards, but we're working on it. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of them down there. I was expecting less. Danny, I don't know why you're shocked by this. So, and I didn't say that. You said that. Danny, Just you told me to let say the that. Record show. I didn't call any of them that. I said they were on the spectrum. But I, I'm not dissing them. You took it too far. That was all on you. Okay, that's fine. I won't be politically correct. My bad. Okay. Anyways, so there's other... <laughs> I want to touch on one other thing, speaker from this conference, which was Tucker. And, like, I believe it was Kayla that said with a laugh, like, this guy, I don't know anyone else. Like, this guy should just be a comedian at this point. Like, him saying he was unemployed the whole time, he got the whole room laughing, and then his laugh was just contagious. Like, if you saw this guy laugh in person, you're just laughing. Like, I don't know how else to put it, but, like, the ma I mean, besides Trump, that laugh had to be, like, the next best thing. Like, it <laughs> he is a unique yeah, I individual. Still need to see, I still need to see his speech. I, I wasn't able to see it, so, yeah, I got to see that still. Damn, Danny, always missing out on the good stuff. Well, he had better things to do. Yeah, there are better yeah. things going on, trust me. I think we'll I'm we'll be seeing it on social media soon. Yeah, if they ever send me the damn picture, I'm still waiting on it. I hope you it'll blink. be it'll be it'll be Chris it'll be Christmas before you get that. Better not be. <laughs> oh man. So um yeah, that, that's pretty much all the SAS talk, but our our um favorite presidential candidate, next uh president is now having some more legal trouble. Danny, go ahead and talk about it, because I feel like this is your weekly segment of, like, you're just saying the next indictment on Trump or something. Like, so go for it. Yeah, I called it a week ago, or two weeks ago, whenever we last spoke. And there's going to be another one, uh, the Georgia indictment. They're just trying to get him, because uh, they know they can't beat him. Um, so, yeah, they're just going to find anything they can do to try and stop him. Um, and yeah, they're also arrested like 16, like grannies in the state of Michigan, uh, for trying to like convene with the legislatures to, uh, talk about sending the delegates in the 2020 election and they arrested them. So what they're setting up here is basically if you question election fraud or you call them out on it, they're basically just going to arrest you and saying that you're trying to overthrow the government. 
they're, we're heading down a very dangerous path really quickly. Um, it's looking more and more like a communist country or like a dictatorship. Yeah, it's wild. So, uh, Kayla, what are your thoughts on this um, next step in the legal process with Trump? I mean, are we like this is like witch hunt number six thousand two hundred i i don't i can't even keep count anymore honestly i mean they're just really trying to find every single piece like every single thing to try and stop him from running for president because what they're basically what they're trying to do they're going to try to get him indicted again on however whatever number that we're on right now and then they're going to keep stacking it to where Next year, whenever he's supposed to be in Oklahoma, whenever he's supposed to be in Michigan, whenever he's supposed to be like campaigning, everything, where's he gonna be? He's gonna be in court. Like he's gonna like have to tell Jesse. He's gonna have to tell whoever on Newsmax on Fox. Hey, sorry, I can't, I can't be on. I can't talk with y'all because I'll be in court. Which, I mean, I mean, if he can ride out this, if he can ride out the storms, honestly, then he like he's got it. I mean, it's no, it's no secret. I mean, his, his donations to his campaign skyrocketed after his indictment. And I don't want to throw, I don't want to throw shade at this person, but I'm going to. Um, it's so funny to me whenever all these people that are supporters of Governor DeSantis are like, oh my gosh, look at all these, look at all these donations that we got for our campaign. Like, like he wouldn't be where he is without Trump. Have you seen the numbers that of donations that Trump has gotten after he has been indicted for a third time? I mean, if he gets indicted for a fourth, like how many more times? Just think how like much more skyrocketed his his donations are going to be. But I mean, if he can make out, if he can make it out of these storms like alive and well, then like that that's pretty historic, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, this one, this one, he's going to be found guilty on this one um, because it's it's in D.C. So they're just going to rig up a G D.C. jury to find him guilty. Um, so they're going to try and use the Fourteenth Amendment to keep him off the ballot in all fifty states. So we'll come down to uh, the delegates in the primary. Uh, we'll have to stand strong and say, you know what? No, we're still sending our delegates for Donald Trump, or they may get pressured and uh by the regime and they may go after them and try and arrest them and so they may then have to send the delegates for vivek or desantis and uh looks like that's what desantis's campaign team has been hoping for the whole time because there's no path they would be able to beat trump in the first place but yeah it looks like it's going to come down to the delegates whether or not they're going to stand strong in uh sending their delegates uh for trump or not so, um, Evan, word on the street is actually that you're a Chris Christie supporter. So, what are your thoughts on this uh, Trump news? That is not. Yeah, no that, that that is that is completely false information. I mean, I was about to say. I couldn't tell you the first thing about Chris Christie. The only thing I do know is that he ain't going nowhere in this presidential race. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> everything that's going on uh, politically in America right now with our judicial systems pretty much unprecedented. Um, we're in a historical position for one where you have the current administration pursuing legal actions against the previous administration. Um, it basically opened up the floodgates to political prosecution at the highest level in our country going forward from here on out. Um, and I think that's 
that's something Trump didn't want and that he was hoping um, Biden had the decency to avoid doing just because of the ramifications of what that entails. Um, like I said, going forward and um, with legal arguments of our country in the future, you, you know, it just it just opened up a barrier that was kind of an unsmoke like an unspoken rule um, that you don't prosecute your political opponents like that's kind of a key point of you know american beliefs that you know you have this this freedom to express your opinions your beliefs amongst one another without having to have the fear of being uh, prosecuted or jailed because of that um it kind of you know undermines everything that our constitution stand for and like i said it just set a new narrative that you know it you can't go back now that the gate has been open you can't go back it's going to be president pursuing the previous president from here on out if that you know if if the content is there for them to do so we're, we're at what three three indictments in the last three months of this of our former president um it's pretty wild the polling's pretty interesting behind it um you know political just posted a new or a poll on the second indictment we actually haven't got the literature from the third yet it was just a letter to trump um basically expressing that they expect another indictment to be coming down the chain um, from DC. So, mm -hmm. but the polling from the last one's interesting as far as like um, who who thinks he's guilty. Eighty-one percent of the Democrats think Trump's guilty. Thirty-six independents think he's guilty. Twenty-five percent of Republicans think Trump's guilty. Um, that comes down to about like a forty-nine percent average of people who think he's guilty. That was on like that second indictment with like thirty-seven different counts. Um, that they're prosecuting him on but i mean the polling numbers are just all over the place and it, you know it's for the most part it's pretty similar but it it depends on where it comes from um like like said um the the indictments have only strengthened uh trump's campaign um i think the original reason why trump you know took the lead in the 2020 sorry 2016 election is because he stood he stood apart from the other candidates as being one an outsider and um you know not not being um basically bought off like the other candidates and now that that narrative is just kind of switched over into a spot of people see the current administration and basically the whole other um party pursuing this one person who you know isn't really believed to have done much wrong and expressed basically his opinion and the beliefs of over half this country um and they're upset about it and that's why he's gaining support and that's why people are more motivated to donate money um the turning point poll was interesting as far as um who plans on donating to the gop and i think it was over 85 percent of um, people who took that poll said they will not be planning on donating money to the gop so i do think it's important to pay attention to the candidate who is still raising money and continues to um, increase new donors, new donors to the party, um, new donors to their campaign. Um, and that's definitely Trump. And then the other person who's getting a lot of new donors is Vivek Ramaswamy. And that was kind of a recent statistic that came out over the past week. So it's, it's very interesting and it's definitely a historical time in our country to pay attention to as far as um, legality goes um, and the precedents at play. So, well, well, yeah, but that could be VP because of that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's my turn now to follow that, like, Tucker Carlson monologue that we just got. But, like, wow, okay, that was impressive. So, 
Danny knows I'm out here just being, you know, the one that always says the, the craziest things. And I got a lot of heat for what I said a couple, maybe a month or two ago. Well, it's no shocker. They're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing legally because they want anything they can try to get to stick. Well, the problem is they can never actually get anything to stick. So eventually, when they've had enough of these legal battles, we all know what the end game is going to be. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether you guys agree with me or not, we'll eventually all come around. We're, I'm just a conspiracy theorist in advance, right? They're going to try to kill him. Okay, I don't like to say that, but if you can't beat the guy, they don't want that man back in the White House whatsoever. We know what he's going to do. Okay, he's going to dismantle the deep state, like you said. He's going to hold people accountable. That is the last thing that they're going to allow to happen. So whether they, we don't know what they have up their sleeve. We saw what they did with COVID. We know what they did with the election. We know it was stolen. Okay, that's all in the past. What are they going to do the next time is what we got to focus on. And if they can't beat him legally and the people continually to support him more and more at every indictment, there's no way they can stop him. So what would that next option be? So I want to do a roundtable here. I want to see what our thoughts are. Is he going to win the election in your opinion? And what does this process look like? So Danny, kick us off. Uh, he's going to need divine intervention at this point because they're going to try and take him off the ballot. Um, so it's going to come down to those delegates. So uh, I hate to say it, but it is looking uh, pretty narrow because of that, because um, I don't trust that they have the spine to do what's right. Um, and so, yeah, I would give it probably like 30, 35 percent chance. Um, but if he's not and they're able to get rid of him, I think Tucker Carlson should immediately uh, be chosen from the floor of the RNC convention as the nominee because he's the only other popular person that can win. Uh, that's a Republican, uh, and that would have the support. So, yeah, if they're able to take out Trump, I feel like the only other person I would trust uh, to be president would be Tucker. Tucker, that's interesting. Kayla, what are your thoughts? Um, I would have to agree with uh, Danny on this one. Um, I mean, if they, if hypothetically, if they say, you know what, forget the indictments, forget trying to find every, pe we're just gonna go and we're just gonna like we're just gonna take it like we don't like we don't need, um, we don't need a warrant to go like they're like, it has come down right now to where like <laughs> these pe <laughs> these people they do not like it's going to come down to the point where like these people will not need a warrant. They're not going to need like anything legal to go after him. Yes. I, me, I think all four of us would love to see uh, president Trump win. I know hell I would. Um, I like he, he needs to win. I want him to win. But like I said, we've gone, we've gotten down to like the point now where like all these people with the government fbi all these people they're not going to need a legal thing to go after him they're just going to go they're going to take him and like that's going to be in the, the end of it but i do agree with danny on this one whenever they go to the rnc and something hypothetically happens to trump i would i would trust tucker to be president i i've told a lot of people that where if trump's not president then yeah it would be kind of cool to see tucker be president like oh well you don't know what you're talking about I mean, I guess I could say I'm a conspiracy theorist also. I mean, I think we all are in our own little way. Um, but yeah, I would definitely want to see Tucker be president if Trump does not get it. 
Evan? Um, I think it's it's really hard to call right now. I think Danny's right on a lot of what he said earlier, whereas and I was listening to some pundits talk about it today. Um that theoretically the the objective of all these indictments is to basically keep Trump wrapped up in court um, so that he can't run a successful campaign or if he were to run a successful campaign, basically he's um, put on trial and he's found guilty of an insurrection or sabotage or whatever other claim they decide to throw at him, which um, in that case would disqualify him under under uh, u.s federal law to serve in public office um that's any public office not just presidency um so i wouldn't rule that out as being a possibility in fact i think it's rather probable but on the other hand i also recognize the fact that um as much hate as the president gets um he makes a lot of people a lot of money the people who who hate him um any of the any of the left-leaning media any of the left-leaning pundits they were the richest they'd ever been during the time of his presidency because their ratings went through the roof. He's such a controversial character that they get all the content they want. You turn on MSNBC, CNN uh, today, and that's all they can still talk about. It's it's the only place they're making money. Um, and so for that reason, um, I can also see the the point of they they want to keep him around. They want to keep the attention on Trump. They know that, or they recognize that the more they attack him, the more popular he becomes, the stronger, stronger he becomes. And that would essentially equate to them potentially raking in that cash again if he were to be elected because they'd have the the serious amount of content they had when he was um, in elected office. Um, so there's a couple, you know, interesting viewpoints on it right now. I think it's a little too early to tell just because, well, like we just discussed, they just announced another indictment and there's probably another one coming down coming down the river from Georgia, um, also dealing with January 6th and the election. Um, so I think it's a little too early to tell as far as where this all leads. Um, we can, you know, we can toss around ideas around the table. And I think everything that's been mentioned is definitely a possibility and um, carries some truth to it. But I think time will tell where this, where this goes and um, really how the party responds to um, more legal action against him. I, I would assume it'll, it'll only make his numbers um, go higher as it has in the past. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the other candidates use that to their advantage or completely disregard it. Yeah. Um, Danny, I want to toss it back to you real quick. So, you know, we always text back and forth. You get to hear my crazy theories. So I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. So if he's on the ballot, is he winning? Or do the Democrats have something up their sleeve? I mean, they definitely have something up their sleeve. If he makes it past this, they're going to come up with something else. I mean, we already know they released COVID in the George Floyd riot, the BLM stuff. There's going to be some other plan. They're just they're not just going to let him uh, get on the ballot and let it be a fair election. They're going to try and come up with something. But uh, I don't know. Every day it looks more and more likely that he can almost overcome what they're throwing at him because his support is higher than it's ever been. Um, but yeah, I definitely think if he were to somehow survive this the legal way, they're just going to throw, whether it be another virus, uh, another virus or something, whether it be, I mean, I, we don't even know, but it, it, something, um, more riots, more national outrage or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he survives this, they're definitely going to come up with something else. 
But uh, I just have to say I am not in favor of writing in Donald Trump if he's not the nominee. That's just stupid and a waste of a vote because you'll never get enough write-ins. And the write-ins, the counting of write-ins is, like, very complicated and, like, kind of stupid the way that they do it. So if they were to take him off, um, I think it would be a really bad idea for a couple million people to write him in. So that's just a couple million wasted votes. Um I think it would be better that we use those votes on uh, someone other than Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, I know personally I said this the other day off air. I'll just say here because why not? Um, if let, Let's say Trump's not the nominee. Our country's screwed. Okay. I don't see any other Republican winning if it's not Trump. So if we got four more years of Biden, my best advice is uh, buy some ammo, get some food, and hope for the best. Because there ain't going to be a bright future for a while in this country. So, like Dan Bongino says, I'm long on America too. But if Donald Trump isn't the president, we're in for a long, bumpy ride here. It's not going to get better anytime soon. So It needs to be, yeah, it, it needs to be Tucker or, yeah, we're going to have a rough stretch. Because I don't think, I mean, I like Vivek, but I don't think Vivek can win. Um, DeSantis is never going to win. Uh, not even a shot in hell. Um, so it would have to be either Trump or Tucker. Um, those are really our only two options and Tucker doesn't seem really interested in wanting to do it. Um, or, and he's always turned down whether he would run for president. So yeah, I think I would have to be one of those two. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I want to give one, Danny, you've talked enough or we hear you every week. So one last uh, opportunity for anything we missed. So Kayla, is there anything you want to talk about that we missed on any Anything from SAS or Trump? I just, it's absolutely insane to me. And it's so absurd that like the person currently sitting in the White House right now rigged the election from 2020. I, I don't know if anyone else has missed that. I mean, if people have missed that, they're living under a rock. But here to tell you that it definitely was rigged. Um, he's literally sitting in the White House right now. He's honestly... Hunter's probably there with him right now. Probably has some coke. <laughs> but he's literally sitting in the White House, probably in the Oval Office, with his cokehead son, counting all of this Ukrainian money and all this other stuff. Just, they're doing that while, like, we had a president who tried to expose all the fraud. He tried to stop all the fraud. And he, he gets his house raided by the fbi and is indicted three times sounds like sounds like people are afraid of something like like what's trump gonna do that you're so afraid of you know i just it, it just really blows my mind i mean other like i tell people this all the time like other countries look at us like we're a joke are you kidding me like we're supposed to be i mean we are we are the best country in the world even though we have a couple if not a lot of dents in it right now like like china is literally buying land in cuba right now you know how far that way you know how far away that is from key west that's not very far so at any given time they can literally just set off anything they want to it can go all the way to galveston texas it can go all the way to key like it can go all the way like wherever they want it to and like it just blows my mind it breaks my heart like, people are just so blinded by this. I Going back to, like, what we were talking about earlier, like, 
I think people are so fed up with like even like people that are like like in the middle they don't lean left they only right like fine line in the middle I think they're so fed up with it that I think that they've opened their eyes to be like you know what like why are they coming after Trump like this like why are they like why are they doing this so like they're gonna go and possibly vote for Donald Trump that's why he has all of this like all these donations that have skyrocketed after he's been indicted for a third time. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got, but yeah, very well said. Um, yeah, I think we lived through this. Well, we didn't live through this, but, uh, there's this thing that happened before the Cuban missile crisis. So you think we wouldn't want, you know, China right there, but Hey, you know, history mm-hmm. repeats itself because we, we, we don't want to acknowledge it. So Evan, same question goes to you. Anything we missed that you want to talk about while we're here? Um, bouncing off a couple points Kayla just said, I think it's interesting to recognize, like, um, kind of on a different aspect of that fine line down in the middle. Independents aren't favorable of Trump, and I feel like that's a point that is being uh, missed by the GOP on a whole. Um, even though every given statistic supports that that idea, um, and I think that's the job of the Trump campaign to realize that, and in some way or another. You know, if if the GOP, if Turning Point, if all these major Republican um, support groups and camp, you know, uh, different nonprofits are backing him as their candidate, I think it's important to recognize the flaws that might not allow him to, you know, win the election in the end. Because um, right now, every suggested poll, he's 30, 40, 50 points up on the nearest candidate. So. Right now, it's safe to say, yeah, he will he will win the primary, and then he'll go on to the general. But it's the general I'm concerned about um, when you look at independent voters in this country and where where they where they're standing on um, who's in the field right now, both on on the Democrat ticket and on the Republican ticket. And you know, it's it's a similar situation to what it was in 2020, and why you know Trump may or may not have you know pulled the votes off he needed to in 2020 is because he lost a lot of that independent support he had in the previous election um so i think i think it's it would be foolish not to recognize that on the trump campaign and on the our whole our whole party if we're choosing him um, as our guy which it sounds like majority of people are but i it needs to be recognized that there is a massive population in this country who are still unsure about Trump or still view him uh, in a negative fashion. And I think it's Trump's, I think it's Trump's job to help turn that narrative around or help appeal to those people. If he has any hope of actually beating Joe Biden in the next election, because right now you have the same two people against each other um, and the country's even more divided and the people in the middle are annoyed with both candidates. So, I think we're in a really, really interesting position in American politics. Um, like I said, there are two front-running candidates, Joe Biden and Trump. The parties are supporting both of them, but there's still a huge faction of each party who seems to not want to align with the top of the ticket. Um, and it seems like they're still looking for something else. That's why I think this this idea of a dark horse coming up out of the shadows is... Um, still a prominent idea and it's still being discussed because there's a vast majority of Americans who are still, I think, waiting for another outlet or a better option in some sense. Um, whether that's good for the country or not, I, I don't know. Um, but I think 
I think that this race has honestly just begun. Um, we're still a long ways out from the primaries, and there's still a lot of time for somebody else to come in and shake it up. Now, it's going to be hard to shake up Trump's lead. Um, he's still extremely popular with the Republican base, but I think, like I said, it's important for, for Trump to recognize that he does have some some issues with independent voters that need to be addressed and that he needs to be able to you know rein some of those people in to just have that buffer zone to put them over over what Joe Biden's going to get in the election. Just to have, you know, we need a Republican president to win this next election. Our country's in a horrible position. We need better policy. We need to get our economy back. We need to close our border and we need to get a lot of things squared away. Both, you know, here domestically, number one, and then, you know, worry about the rest of the world later. But there's a lot here at home that needs to be addressed and i honestly do not believe that anybody who's thrown in their hat from the democrat party is even relatively capable of bringing us back to that point so um the republican party needs needs to get needs to get their act together if they're back in trump he needs to figure out how to 110 percent know that he that when we go in to november 3rd that you know no questions asked. We are gonna we are gonna absolutely blow the Democrats out of the water. And in order to do that, you need to get more independent voters behind you. Yeah, for sure. Can I add something else. Good. Yeah, um, go ahead. Okay. So like as much as I hate that Trump didn't like as much as I hate that Trump didn't formally get elected properly in 2020 because like like i said earlier he won it's no secret um as much as i hate that in a way i kind of have to play devil's advocate here for a second in a way i'm thankful for as much as i hate to say it i'm thankful that our country is kind of in the state that it's in as much as i hate it kind of thankful for it because a lot of people have woken up and said I, I this is not right this is this is stupid like i like i think like i said i think they've opened up their eyes this is not right like they're gonna they people want a change no one likes inflation no one likes all this stuff going on at the border which let's be honest if you have an open border there's no border like no border at all but like going back to the whole like november like what evan said november when November 3rd comes, he needs to be 110% sure that he's going to be able to pull this thing off and everything else, which, I mean, it go it goes back to the States, obviously. Being from Oklahoma, I sometimes I take it for granted, and I really have to stop doing that. I We really don't struggle with election integrity because, I mean, the past five presidential elections, every single county has been red. Um, we're the only state that's been like that, so we don't really have to, we don't really have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, in Evan's case, I mean, you have to worry about all the weirdos in Michigan that want to just, they're probably going to try every single way possible to rig this next election. And I, I mean, Democrats are always going to have something up their sleeve. It's no secret. Like it could be something little, could be something ginormous. Like it, they're always going to have something up their, up their sleeve. It's always going to be, it's always going to be our fault, but but like Charlie Kirk says, I'm going to go back on something that he always says that always sticks with me. It's our turn to play offense. I'm like, we're done playing defense. Like as much as like we've done, as much as we've played defense, it's our turn to play offense because I mean, we've pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed these people so long. 
why don't they just push us? Like, we're not – like, we're done. We're done playing defense. It's our turn to play offense. I have a question for you real quick because you're in Oklahoma, kind of by the southern border there. Have you uh, have you seen a lot of hombres crossing over the border recently? A lot of sombreros coming into your city. What have you been experiencing? Um, I mean, I've seen a couple. I don't know how often you guys check Oklahoma politics, but a couple months ago, we actually just um, struck or like people of Oklahoma spoke. We struck down. We had a state question where we were going to make marijuana recreational. With, with that being said, if that hypothetically were to have passed, cartels would be flowing into Oklahoma because in Oklahoma City alone, there are more medical marijuana dispensaries, like more in Oklahoma City combined than, than um, California and Colorado combined. There are more. It, it's crazy because it's it's easier to get your your license and grower here than it is there, whatever. But all 77 counties in Oklahoma said no. And the people that got the question on the ballot after we all voted no, like, oh, well, we're going to try again. Why would you waste money trying to get the stupid question back on the ballot just for some, just for every single county to tell you no? Why can't you just use that money to go towards the schools, go towards the teachers, like go towards something that's going to be relevant and not this. Like, like all the redneck dads showed up to vote on that day which i'm very thankful for because i would like our state would probably be in a hole right now but yeah i don't have to worry about that but yeah i mean i've seen a couple um but not as bad as texas so yeah a couple what a couple what <laughs> ombres some nice ombres yeah um I've seen a couple in Chicago too, holding up signs on the side of the highway saying like, uh, immigrant family, anything will help. And I just honk my horn at them, lower my window and say, get the hell out of here. And they always look at me really weird. Yes. I don't even speak English to begin with, but, um, you know, so maybe. I what did their sign say? Like, it says like immigrant family need money or something like, um, you should go to and, your state. You should go to your state Capitol building and go find some. Uh, passport. Are are you aware of what state? I, are you aware of what state I live in? I mean, I, Illinois. I understand. I, they're, they're I understand. So basically, I, I just yell at them. But uh, yeah, I've been called a gringo a couple times. That's always interesting. But yeah, there's some bad hombres coming across that border right now. I just like to say hombres if you haven't noticed. This is something. It's past his bedtime. He's getting a little out of it. Um, yeah, we, we don't have the umbre problem here. You know what we have? We have a Fetterman problem. So I wish I lived in somewhere like Oklahoma where it was all red. We elect a man that starts conversations by saying, hello, good night. So that's what we And the we're one who with. shows up to vote in a sweatshirt and shorts. Yeah, how professional is he? That, that's that's what represents <laughs> us. That's, that's our He does, though. He's got the Goonies guy. He's got his uh, – he does look – Exactly like the Goonies guy. I don't know if that's what he's going for. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, that little like uh, uh, you know, like the retarded guy. Now I'll be, now I'm saying it, wow. but like <laughs> now, okay, now I had to say it. But he does like if that's Cancel what he's going right for. He's he doing a good job if that's what he's going for. He does look like like the Goonies guy. 
<laughs> he's not going for that. Dude doesn't know what he's going for. He can't speak. He doesn't know where he's at. He's a younger Biden. Guy's not going for any look. He rolls out of bed. That's what he's dressed in. That's what he shows up. All right. There's just no the only one that understands what Biden's saying half the time, probably. <laughs> I mean, it was a couple weeks ago when I-95, the bridge blew up. I mean, Fetterman literally was talking to Biden. He called Biden a collapsed bridge. I'm like, that is the that made more sense than any things that Fetterman has ever said. I was like, yes, you're finally coming around here. So maybe maybe we got something to look forward to in PA. Maybe Fetterman's getting a few right. more brain cells going. Now, the real question is, who understands each other better, me and the illegal immigrant on the side of the road or Biden and Fetterman talking? Biden who? and Fetterman all the way. They're on the same, they're on the same mental state. Come on. Yeah, hot, I think hot, take, hot take is Fetterman's wife and children still in a different country or did they come back? Why would they want to come back? They're coming back to Fetterman. <laughs> they left him for a reason. I mean, they, they checked him into a mental institute and just left the country. I mean, <laughs> what's it to come back to now? He's not any better. Yeah. Um, I just, whenever I see him, I think of the Goonies guy that goes, Hey, you guys! You know, I'm talking about the little <laughs> retarded guy. Um, Damn, he's yeah, it again. Okay, yeah. But for that guy, I kind of have to. But uh, go ahead, cancel me. I got really nothing to lose at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, the state of this country, how are we electing these type of people? It makes no sense. Welcome to America. Our people are dumb here in Pennsylvania. That's all I can say. But, um, all right, let's get this wrapped up. We've been going for an hour. So, Kayla, where can everyone follow you? So, I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I use the same name for everything, the Kayla Savage. All right, and Evan, how about you? Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's pretty much what I stick to, but it's just Evan M. R-E-I-S-T-E-R. All right. Make sure you go follow them. Check out their pages. I want to thank both of you for coming on. And, um, yeah, sorry cool. for the technical difficulties for anyone watching. Trust me. And go Longhorns. No. no horns no. down. All the way. All the way. <laughs> no Longhorns. <laughs> no. Hey, Danny, Danny, go Michigan, eh? Nah, nah, nah. O-H. Uh, Ohio State's gay. That's all I'm going to say. So thank, thank you, you, everyone, for watching. We'll <laughs> check. <laughs> I'm losing it here. We'll see you all next week. See you. Thank you. Thank you.